All right, guys, uh, welcome to Ring of Fusion. Uh, that is a break room BS podcast. Um, this is, this is going to be just Gable solo. No date. Um, trying something new here. Um, what I'm going to be doing is covering the weekly fusion, MLW fusion episodes and the weekly ring of honor TV episodes. Um, I'm a little behind on ring of honor, so, uh, I'm just kind of jumping back into it this week and seeing what I uh, what I pick up. Uh, I figured the first uh, first few episodes after the G1 Supercard would be a good time to uh, get back into things. Uh, I tried last week, the week before, and they're uh, they seem to keep mentioning the upcoming G1 Supercard like it didn't already happen. And uh, yeah, so here we are. Here we are. Uh, I'll start with the fusion matches. Um, the first match we had going up there was Airwolf and Ray Horace. Uh, they took a shot at the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Lucha Brothers real obviously really, really big in the wrestling business right now. Um, with all the AEW and the uh, Impact buzz around them. Uh, dude, these these guys get a pop. They got they they got their normal pop when they came out. The crowd just loved these guys. Um, no matter where they go, they're they're getting the same respect from whatever audience they're bringing in. Um, Airwolf and Ray Horace just they. they uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird watching these these real popular guys go up against. I mean, I'm not saying Airwolf and Ray Horace are like local talent or anything because they aren't. But um, you, there, there's just a lack of presence whenever you got big guys like the Lucha Brothers around, and that definitely shows um, when they go head to head. Um. Let's see, early in the match, Airwolf gets worked with multiple chops from the Lucha Brothers. They're just taking turns um, on Airwolf there. Uh, we have Penta jump into a like a wheelbarrow position on Phoenix. And the, Phoenix does this like inverted code red thing where he dives between Phoenix's legs and uh, or Penta's legs and Phoenix follows through with a uh, or no, yeah. No, I said that wrong. Penta goes down between Phoenix's legs, and then Phoenix falls forward, uh, kind of like like an assisted slam of sorts. Um, real different move. I think I've seen. I think Dave and I have seen it in New Japan, and we've t- we've covered the move before. But I <clears throat> uh, still still real cool to see in the ring. Uh, Penta delivers a lethal pump handle driver on Airwolf that had uh, Horace not <clears throat> that had Ho- Horace not broken up that we probably would have gotten more than just a 1, 2, 3 and it's over uh, probably could have counted all the way up to 37 uh, just a crazy bump I mean whenever you see guys take these, these pump handle drivers or any of these drivers um, you, you really gotta worry about their neck <laughs> Because I did not know if this guy was coming back up, but uh, he, he took it well. 
Man, I, I just sound raspy as hell. Um, moving on, we have Horace catching Penta off the ropes to reverse his uh, offense with a, a just just a gorgeous Span- uh, Spanish fly. Uh, then later on we got Phoenix getting thrown out of the ring, but then he catches himself. This was really cool. He catches himself right as like he, he's going in between the ropes, and uh, it's kind of like a six one nine type uh, positioning, uh, if you could imagine. Um, but instead of falling out, he he kind of catch he, he uses that those ropes to catch himself and swing him back, uh, himself back in. And uh, get a quick uh, super kick right in the middle of the ring. Uh, to end the match, we got Penta finishing with a pile driver on Airwolf, and Phoenix assists the pile driver with a double stomp right <laughs> right on top of Airwolf's ass. Um, then we have some smart tag work because Phoenix, right after this gets delivered, he dives out to. Uh, Dives out between the ropes to take Horace out, and then Penta is able to finish up with the pin. Um, real smart team, uh, tag team wrestling there. Obviously, you're going to get really good continuity and flow out of uh, Lucha Brothers. Um, after that, we get a contra package. Um, yeah, I guess they don't like Tom Lawler or something. Um, I'm not a fan of this stable. Uh, I, I've been watching MLW for the last like two or three weeks now, and they, they just <laughs> it reminds me too much of the uh, the Mandarin from Iron Man Three. It's it's uh it's they're cringy to watch. They're they're very cringy. Um, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, if if you're taking something else different from them, good on you. Um, but I I am not on that uh that ship. Um, then we cut to Selena De Laurenta backstage getting interviewed, press style. She's got phones and microphones in her face. Um, they're asking her some bullshit, and that's shortly broken up by Sammy Callahan getting up in her face, and they're yelling back and forth at each other. And I mean, besides just seeing them uh, have the conflict with one another, there wasn't really much to this. Uh, they immediately, as soon as they got in each other's face, cued the music and let us into our next match. Um... Up next, we got Ace Romero in a singles match with uh, Joseph Samael. <coughs> um... I heard the announcers mentioning they they have some sort of history together. Um, uh, something about a railroad tie. I'm I'm not too caught up on it. Uh, let me just say that I am I am completely distracted early on in this match with Joseph Samuel's shoes is his choice of fashion. Um, he, he, I mean, he just looks goofy. He's in this intimidating contra group, which is supposed to be violent and um, and and threatening. And, and you're giving me elf shoes. And I mean, I guess they kind of will get to it. They kind of have a, a purpose, but I, I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, moving on, though, we 
<clears throat> we get uh, Ace getting up on the top turnbuckle. Um, I, I, I'm not expecting. I was not expecting that. Uh, he, he obviously is a guy of a bigger statute. So uh, I would not imagine him uh, going up for some high-flying action. But uh, that gets broken up. And as soon as he hits the mat, before he even gets a chance to do anything, he gets thrown off. And as soon as he hits the mat, man, that ring shook. Um, You got the ref um, (laughs) selling the shake. Uh, he falls down on the ground just just from the vibrations, I guess. Um, and for some reason, fast forward later on, for some reason, I guess if like your weapons are <laughs> back to these shoes, if if your if your weapons are part of your uh, ring attire or your gear, uh, it's okay to have them and to use them. Uh, the point of these shoes are supposed to be that he can deliver uh, a heavy blow or a, 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 I guess, an unfair blow <laughs> to his opponent's face or wherever he kicks. Um, but I mean, they're—they don't look pointy, pointy. They look like they're elf shoes. So the fact that these are even considered to give some sort of finishing blow. Yeah, I said finishing blow. They finished the match with a kick to the face with the pointy shoes, the elf shoes. That was the end of this match. Um, it was dumb. Um, that's my opinion, man. Uh, you're entitled to your end, but I was not for this. Um, I know a lot of um, so I'm kind of kind of finding my flow here, so I do apologize. Plus, it is 4:30 in the morning, and I am. The only thing keeping me awake right now is a bright light. So, bear with me. Um, where are we at here? Oh. Uh, afterwards, Contra comes out to attack Ace Romero some more. But you got Barrington Hughes who comes out to try to stop them. He is unsuccessful in his attempt. And eventually it is broken up by refs and security and stuff. And that, that, that's where we leave off there. Um, immediately after that, we get a Tom Lawler pro- promo in the locker room telling uh, Contra that he's coming for them. Um, that is as soon as his friends get here. So who his friends are, we, uh, that will be determined. Immediately after that, we have a Heart Foundation promo. They're sitting in MJF's car, smoking, celebrating 420, the Heart Foundation way, they say. Um, They seem to have hidden something in MJF's glove box to kind of as a plant to get them in some some trouble, some upcoming trouble. (sighs) Yes, that was a drink break. I don't have a cool sound effect like Taz. Fuck off. Mm, where are we at here? Every time I look up, I'm, I'm, I'm just fucked when I go back down. Um, yeah, they're apparently holding... The the announcers follow up afterwards to say that they're apparently holding the car. And we got some autocorrect issues here. The car... Ca- well, they're, they're holding the car captive until they get the dynasty to agree to a tables match. 
Um, and this wasn't too long ago. I can remember this. Fuck my notes. Um, then we got Puma King versus Gringo Loco. Um, I don't know if Puma King is a, a playoff of Prince Puma, but um, that's all I can think about. As soon as Puma King comes out, he's he's messing around very early on. He, he he's not letting the ref check his shoes. He's he's like he's pretending to be a cat. That's his gimmick. Um, so I'll work with him on that. Um, Gringo Loco is uh, I I don't really got much to say about him. Moving on. Um, so yeah, Puma comes out. He's 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 messing messing around. Um, even when you got Gringo Loco throwing him onto the ropes, he, he, he goes back to playing on the ropes like a cat, just laying on the ropes, licking his hand. Um, Prince Puma hits a nice flying, or, oh, I said Prince Puma, I fucking did it, I knew this was gonna happen. King Puma, Puma King, hits a nice flying Hurricanrana off the top rope. Uh, Gringo Loco does a springboard cutter from the middle turnbuckle. Uh, Gringo Loco also does a Spanish fly from the top turnbuckle. Uh, you get a good false finish after that one. Puma goes for a three amigos and is, the falls one short. Um, Puma gets caught in a jump and is reversed by a power bomb. Second power bomb by Gringo Loco puts uh, Puma away for the three count. Um, so that was a pretty decent match for what I was expecting out of a guy pretending to be a cat i'm i'm much more for comedy wrestling than dave is um there just needs to be a it needs to be placed well um not that this was completely awful it was tolerable After that match, we have uh, Selena trying to bribe Mance Warner to beat Sammy Callahan. Um, Mance, uh, Mance Warner and Sammy Callahan are the uh, advertised main event of this match. Uh, I'm not sure why she's trying to bribe him. I, his purpose in this match should be to beat Sammy Callahan. Um, so the promo didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I I'm a guy who generally has lower self-confidence, so I, I I might blame myself on this. I don't. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I didn't understand the promo. I don't know. But then again, maybe they should do better ex- explaining what's going on. Uh, so yeah. Next we have the Dynasty. They're outside drinking some drinks. Uh, I think they had Red Bull. Um, shout out to Red Bull. Send me send me some money. Um, they're drinking some Red Bull, trying to convince themselves that they have nothing to worry about with this Heart Foundation stuff, essentially. And that's that's really it. Not much of this promo either. Uh, so we're at our main event now: Mance Warner versus Sammy Callahan. I don't have a lot of exposure to Mance Warner, but I have a lot of exposure to. I wouldn't say a lot of exposure, but I have some exposure to Sammy Callahan. I fucking hate him. I mean, I love him, but I hate him. He's fucking gross. <clears throat> His music's annoying. 
and he's annoying, and that's why I hate him, and the fact that I hate him, I enjoy that, because it makes it much easier to root for the other guy, um, yeah, so I I think he's a great heel. Uh, I know Dave hate hates him. I, I don't think I can persuade Dave into thinking any other way on that. But that is my opinion. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I thought I was paying attention to, like, the commentators pretty well. I, I, I've been working on not ignoring them lately. Um, I, I do like Jim Cornette a lot. And... Um, I mean, I, I don't listen to his podcast or anything. This is really the only exposure I've had to him. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, so... he, I, I'm paying attention. At least so I thought. But apparently this is a no-DQ match. Uh, I, 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 I was just really confused for a little bit there. Because they, you got Mance Warner misting Sammy, smashing a can on his head. The ref didn't seem to care, so I'm like, all right. Officially in my head, the rules are changed now. This is this is a no DQ match. Um, shortly after the misting, we got some sort of bell confusion once they're back up in the ring. I'm not really sure. There was really no follow-up to this. I had no idea what happened. Maybe one of the fans were hitting the, the, the guardrail. Um, no idea, but anyway, Mance, War- Mance Warner seems to take some... Uh, he, he takes advantage of the situation. Um, if it was a unplanned bell ring... Um, it, really good on him for stepping up and taking advantage of a uh, a fuck up. If there, if it was on purpose, then I'm not really sure what the fucking purpose of it was. Um, yeah, so he, he hits the shit out of Sammy Callahan with a steel chair. Um, later on, Callahan does a pile driver uh, on Mance Warner into a steel chair. That's set up in the center of the ring. Uh, surprisingly, Mance kicks out. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of time left here, so I kind of wasn't sold on the false finish. Um, I've been noticing that like that MLW really likes to take the show up to the last second. Um, they, they, they'll only give like 20 seconds after the end of the match for, for any fuckery. At least the shows I've watched. Uh... Sammy sets up a legless table in the corner, which of course leads to him getting speared through it himself, uh, as expected. Most of the time when someone sets something up, they're the ones who end up going through it later on. Um, That is the psychology of it, at least. Um, Immediately after, Sammy kicks out at one. He didn't even get the two on the pin. Um... Yeah, I don't really know why there was a legless table under the ring. Uh, I don't know if it was something that happened with the table earlier in the recording. I don't know if it was just a faulty table, or maybe they just fucking have tables like that. I have no idea. Um, But they made use of it anyhow. Selena's men come out. Uh, That ends the match with a... uh, 
some bell ringing. I, I mean, I, I don't want to say a DQ because I don't really think anyone wins one, but the, the, the match fucking ended. And uh, Sammy and Mance end up teaming up to uh, kick them out of the ring, and that's where we're left at for the day, or for the night. Uh, next week, uh, next Monday, I believe we got, uh, for a main event, we have the Dynasty, which is... <clears throat> I don't know the one guy's name, but MJF's part of it. Um, there's another guy who looks like Tyler Durden from uh, Fight Club. And they're going up against the Hart Foundation. Um, so that should be a pretty good match. Uh, I, ever since Davy Boy Smith came over to MLW, that's really what caught my eye. Uh, I like Davey Boy Smith a lot in New Japan, but there's a lot of <laughs> talent over there in New Japan, and he doesn't, unfortunately, get the spotlight most of the time like I, I think he should be getting. Um, well, that's it for MLW. We're going to take a quick break here. Um, yeah, see you fuckers in a second. Alright, welcome back boys and girls. Uh, up next we got the Ring of Honor 422 show. Um, or 419 show, depending on where it airs, I guess. Um, and I never really understood that. Uh, is that is that other date, the, the earlier date? I'm guessing that may, might be when it airs on local, on W, whatever it's on. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I know I'm seeing it for the first time on 422. Or 423, because it's past midnight, whatever. Um, Leading off the show, we got Kenny King up against Tracy Williams, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Um, We get a commercial break before anything even interesting happens here. It's just... It's a, it's really slow paced throughout a lot of this match. Even when we come back from commercial for a little bit, it's it's really dragging along. Um, uh, the, the issue is there was like no momentum going in either way. Like one guy would do a few have a few blows, the other guy would have a few blows. One guy would lock up, then they'll reverse it and lock the other guy up. I mean. It's all right, but but like I'm falling asleep here. You gotta keep me up. You gotta you gotta give me a, give me something going on. Um, crowd was cry, quiet as well, so uh, it seems like I wasn't the only one feeling this. But then again, that was a pre-recorded episode, so I mean, it could they they could have been sitting there for two hours already and ready to leave. Oh, that's a fucking lie. I, I went to a Ring of Honor show. It, I, when it ended, I'm like, there's no way this is over already. And four hours had passed. And it did. And, uh, yeah, they, they're fun. They're fun. We were able to get front row. Uh, Dave and I uh, had a real fucking good time. Um, if Ring of Honor ever comes in your area, I recommend it. Even if you're not a fan of their show, they put a, they put on a really good live event. Um, back to the match, though. We have um, yeah, no, there's no momentum being shifted, and that, that's my big issue here. 
I, I don't know who who who's going in what direction, and it's not really for lack of. Um, it, it, it's for lack of interest. That's that's the best way to put it. <coughs> um, let's see. Tracy gets a drop kick from the top rope. Tracy gets a DDT to the top rope. Yes, I said to the top to the top rope. They're standing in the ropes, and he DDTs them right into the top turnbuckle. Um, I don't think I've I've seen someone DDT'd into that top pad before, so that was different. Uh, I do like different. Um, let's see. Fisherman Buster by Williams makes for an okay false finish. Then uh, to end the match, we have King catching Williams during a jump and does his royal flush to win. So that was that. Uh, afterwards, we got a PJ Black promo video um, for a rematch against Bandito. Uh, then after that, we have a small package for the Scroll Aldis match for the NWA title. Um, after that, we got Reno Scum versus the Bouncers. Um, th- this match was a lot better than that first match. Uh, not a lot of notes for it. Um, Reno Scum playing the playing the bigger heels of the two. Um, they're doing some dirty work behind the the ref's back and stuff like that. Um, Malonis gets a hot tag towards the end, and it, it wasn't a long match, so that's why I say towards the end. Um, he gets a hot tag and quickly tags back out. Like like he really didn't do anything when he was in there. Probably in for less than 30 seconds. I, I The pacing of this match was weird. I, um, I guess it worked out though for Malonis because um, it quickly led to the Beer City Bruiser getting the pin after Malonis um, does a quick uh, leg drop from, I think, the middle turnbuckle, if I recall correctly. Alright, so we got our main event here, the main event for our show as well, um, PJ Black versus Bandito, um, hopefully this is the saving grace of this show, cause I really, eh, minus this, this, this main event, I would have told you, anyone to just skip it, um, yeah, and it did end up being the saving grace, um, before I get into the match, I, I, I just want to talk about Bandito's um, uniform. His, his uh, uniform, what the fuck, I'm an idiot. Um, his uh, ring gear. Um, so, if you follow the show, you, you might know already that uh, I'm a big fan of Power Rangers. So, I grew up on that old Power Rangers movie with Ivan Ooze, and I don't know if... Anyone's ever, anyone else has ever watched it, but they have this Ninjetti uh, gear that they get that um, the White Ranger has that do just like the the white and the gold, the 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 all all of Bandita's gear looks like exactly like this this uh, White Ranger Ninjetti uniform, um, but uh, yeah, I'll digress from that because I'm sure no one cares. Uh, yeah, so these guys really like striking poses throughout this match. Um, at least earlier on, you got Bandito shooting at Black, 
and then he'll catch it and send it back with a bow and arrow. And they're, they're just doing crazy, st crazy silly stuff like that towards the beginning here. Um, Black drops Bandito on his head with like a sideways crucifix where he has him kind of like on his back. Um, as I said, sideways and one arm's hooked between um, his two arms for like, like a, a butterfly type hold. And then he brings him forward and drops him right on his head. Um, Black drops Bandito. Wait, I already read that one. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, Bandito hits a moonsault from the top turnbuckle onto the outside. Uh, Springboard Rana gets countered to a Styles Clash by PJ. Uh, commentary trying to make us think the match is coming to an end. This is another one of those situations where you have uh, me who's very aware of how long a video is. Just because I'm trying to time out what I'm doing. Um, what I'm doing and for how long uh, do I have enough time to finish this match before going to bed at X, X time. Um... But yeah, uh, but the commentary trying to make us think the match is coming to an end a few minutes earlier than than it should. I think there were like 10 minutes left on the video, and I, I, I was pretty conscious of the 20 minutes left whenever the match started. Um, so I'm like, there's no way this is ending unless there's some sort of fuckery at the end. Um, but at least the commentary tried to make me think that we were, uh, wrapping this thing up soon, so the false finishes would be just a little more effective. Um, Bandito does a cradle brain buster. Um, Aldis says it, it's, it's, it looked nasty, and, I mean, it looked nasty for all the wrong reasons. Um, picking him up into this brain buster just, it looked really, uh, the positioning looked really sloppy and unplanned, and, like, he, he just came up with the, the, the move and the, the spot right there. Um, I mean, granted, I, I'm sure they test out stuff in the ring all the time. But this, I don't know, just it, it, it hits the eye weird for the, for the viewer. At least for me, it did. Uh, another one of those things where it's just my opinion, so fuck off. And, I mean, yeah. Um... Black has a great moonsault where he perfects. He, he's, yeah, he, he he does a moonsault off the top turnbuckle, and he's completely vertical, vertically flush with Mandito, almost like it was a crossbody, but just in, in a vertical position. Um, if there's anything I love, it's symmetry. Whether <laughs> whether it's in storytelling or just 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 lining things up on a desk, but. Uh, this this it just looked visually appealing to see see them lined up perfectly as he took them out, um, like a like a key going into a keyhole. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. This is moronic. Um, yeah, it's 5 a.m. Leave me the fuck alone. Um, I, I really love in matches whenever guys are selling like they're just completely exhausted. I mean, I'm sure they are exhausted, but like whenever you're showing it to me, I, I'm like, man, these guys are really trying to trying to, to to put their best foot forward here to give us the best match, and um, I, I I like seeing that even even if it is a little more fictionalized than um, than uh, reality. Um, these guys look like, oh yeah, yeah, black with a double stomp, yeah, double stomp to the face of Bandito from the top turnbuckle, 
Um, another Spanish fly from Bandito on the top rope with a great false, false finish. Um, well done. And uh, Bandito finishes up with a 21 plex, um, which I I've, I know I've seen before. And it fucking, uh, it looked great then. It looked great now. Um, I'm going to try to describe it. And keep in mind, I'm someone who's been watching wrestling, wrestling for like a year maybe a little over a year now, so my uh, terminology is not up to par, Um, but Black is set up on the rope, like he's leaning on the rope with his, like, uh, I don't know, he's he's just leaning up against there, uh, bent over, and Bendita runs up behind him, does like a, a, a roll over his back, bounces his legs off the top rope, and then off the rebound, he, going back, the way he came, he'll grab Black's hips and pick him up and throw him over for for a suplex. Um, now, granted, it is just a suplex, but you got to keep in mind um, he, he he's bringing that momentum with him, so that's what sells it as a finisher. Um, not like how there's just the what's that fucking bitches in w, the woman's right. Where it's just a punch. Um, I don't know why I said bitches. That wasn't nice. I don't know. Her gimmick's kind of stupid. Whatever. Um, but yeah. That's all I... Uh, that's all I really got here. Oh! After the match. This is big. After the match, uh, we have a backstage moment where you see the aftermath of Bully Ray putting uh, Tennille Dashwood through a table. At least that's what he implied. Uh, heavily implied, uh, he says, "Don't worry, Tanil. I'll tell Lifeblood you said goodbye." So that's some really cool setup there, or not setup? A really good send off there um, for Tanil Dashwood, who I, I, from what I've heard, is done with Ring of Honor. Um, I don't know. Needs to sink in with me more. I don't necessarily think it's great for her character, but it sets up a good storyline with Lifeblood and Bully Ray if they choose to follow through. Um, it, 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 the only one who's kind of getting screwed here is Tennille with no uh, proper send-off, I guess. Yeah, maybe I don't like it. Look at that, I just flopped. Um... But yeah, we should at least expect a Bully Ray Lifeblood feud going forward. Um, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, Tennille was, she was, if there's anyone who was underutilized there, it'd probably be Tennille Dashwood. I mean, I, I feel like their women's division was only Kelly Klein, and that's it. Like, you'd occasionally have. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on names here. Uh, the chick from Philadelphia. Can't remember her name. She always wears the jersey. Um, Jenny Rose. Jenny Rose. You, you'd occasionally have Jenny Rose come in and she'd put on a match with Kelly Klein, but it's like it always came back to Kelly Klein. Um, not that she doesn't deserve it, but man, like... <laughs> push some of your other female talent like I, I, I couldn't name to you a single other wrestler in Ring of Honor 
or female wrestler in Sing of Hon- Ring of Honor besides Tennille Dashwood. And uh, she was out most of the time with injury. Um, I mean, I guess Sumi Sakai, but I don't know. I'm not the biggest Sumi Sakai fan. Uh, yeah. All right, well, that's all I got for you guys. Um, so this was Ring of Fusion. Um, well, I'm going to try to be doing this week to week. Might not hit every week. Like, this week was really rough. We, we, we got four New Japan shows going on this week, uh, which are all, like, three hours apiece. Um, look for me on, let's see, Wednesday night? Yeah, I'm going to put a show up on Wednesday night. Um, it's going to be called Next Next Impact. Um, if you kind of catch the theme from our sh- from the title of this show, Ring of Fusion, um, it is going to be NXT and Impact reviewed. Um, the only shame about the Impact portion is I'm not going to be completely up to date on my Impact stuff. Um, I'm not home on Friday nights whenever they air, so I generally have to catch it on GWN uh, when it airs on Tuesday on GWN. Um, so if you're someone who likes to stay caught up, I, I like immediately listening to reviews, I do apologize. I mean, if you're watching on GWN too, I mean, it is pretty, it, it's the day after that that goes up there, which is Tuesdays. So, um, I'll be putting the show out on Wednesday. And if you're someone who likes to catch up maybe for your next impact episode, or not catch up, but maybe refresh your brain about what happened last week. Maybe what happened last week. Whatever. Um, then you can listen to the impact portion as well for that. Um, NXT, obviously, is going to be Wednesday night's NXT. Um, I might dabble in the NXT UK if there's some matches that I like. Uh, for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of the NXT UK. Uh that said, though, I would like to say that my favorite match from the NXT UK, or not NXT, the NXT TakeOver WrestleMania week uh, had to be that Walter Pete Dunn match. Um, it, it, had, it had great story going in. These guys put on a great show. It, 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 was, it was great. It was great. Um... Yeah, I don't want it to be over, but it is the first Ring of Fusion. Um, once again, I do apologize for sounding so tired. I'm going to try to get this stuff watched earlier in the night. Just had a late night tonight. Um, and hopefully I also don't have this raspy voice because I am dealing with some allergies as well so I'm gonna wake up in the morning feeling like shit um yeah uh you can follow me uh well you can follow the podcast on twitter at breakroombs1 you can follow me uh I think at oh my underscore glob g-l-o-b oh my glob um yeah, it's an Adventure Time reference. Um, 
You can follow the Instagram for the podcast at BreakroomBS. Then we also release a, we'll be releasing a New Japan episode on, well, no Dave again for that. Normally Dave is there for the New Japan stuff, but it will just be me this week because he will be in, I don't know where the fuck he's going. Uh, DC? I don't know. So, yeah, just me. That should be up on Thursday. Let's see. Show today. Show tomorrow. Should be up on Thursday. Yep. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We'll see you on Wednesday night.